Welcome, Welcome to, to Minority, Minority Corner. Corner. With an echo. And James. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, gay. And ladies like. Never forget. Don't you dare forget the lady like that part. No. That part that we add in at the end. I know. I'm watching you. I'm watching you, audience members. And I see you and I hear you. And I sometimes touch you. Only if you say it's appropriate. Consent. Always good. (laughs) This week on Minority Corner... James, what are you talking about? Aneke, I am talking about Buddhism, as some people call it. What? Or Buddhism. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I pronounce it incorrectly. I had a boyfriend who was like, you into that Buddhism? Uh-uh. Sounds like Buddhism. Come on. So I'm talking about butts. No, um... No, oh. No, I'm not talking about butts. I'm talking (laughs) about um, Buddhism and how we can use it to combat things like racism, sexism, and homophobia. Oh my God, I love it. Mm Yeah, and also we'll dive into a little bit of some of the controversialness of uh, where sometimes it can kind of be held up in a little bit of white privilege here in the Western uh, cultures, but how we can mm-hmm. use it to, as we power through towards empowering mm-hmm. ourselves and taking our, our lives back to enlightenment. Yes. yes, I love it. And we can take all of our enlightened minds to my corner. Oh, okay. Where- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Where I am going to give you alternative charities and groups and organizations that you can donate your money to. Damn, this sounds like this is like a heartwarming, enlightened, empowered episode. Yes. This is like one for the whole family. Like this is... It is. It's basically we're in the Christmas holiday (laughs) spirit. Ever since Christmas Pringletown... Yes. Oh, and you know what? We're heading into Kwanzaa soon. So oh, this yeah. is our Kwanzaa episode. Right. And we need Christmas Kwanzaa town too as well. So we got to set that village up too. So, wow. We're, the spirit is just happening. The spirit of goodness and amazingness and warmth and positivity. Yes. All right. Wow. Let's take our positive selves. Well, let's, mm, let's get in let's there. Let's go to this warm ass show. Snuggle, snuggle. <laughs> Oh, it's me. It's you. You're the lady. You are the you are the lady of Minority Corner. I'm into it. You are the lady. Like we have a royal court, and you're the lady. Yeah, but there's only two of us, so I mean. So I well, (laughs) (laughs) do I get a title? Am I just the gay? Well, I mean, you could be the black man. You're the man. You're the Mister. I'm the man. You're the Mister of Minority Corner. Well, thank you. Uh, sounds sexy. I'll take it. You're the gentleman. Uh, if I'm the lady, you're the gentleman. I'm into it. So we do. We're now having a royal court system of minority court. Yeah, but sounds- it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's hard to do royal court when there's only two of us. That's like a tennis True. court. <laughs> yeah, there's just the there's just the two going back and forth. Um, how you hanging? I'm doing good. I'm doing yeah. you know, I'm hanging good, hanging well. I'm getting close to winter break. One of the best parts of being a librarian Me! at a university is I get breaks. It's like it's like spring break, but with like less taking of tops off. 
Yeah, a little less wet t-shirt contest, okay. a little less drunk, a little more right. eggnog. Yeah, which <laughs> does have alcohol in it, but, you know. And maybe a little more tears, but they're a different kind of tears. Because when you're crying during spring break, it's because you're so drunk, and you're like, yeah. I can't find my bikini top! Yeah. <laughs> but then when you're crying during Christmas, it can go two ways of just like, oh my god, I'm so moved by all this joy, or like... Yeah. I'm alone and bitter and drinking this Christmas oh eggnog. Well, it's so. not that dark over okay. here. And it's basically, wait, yeah. No, well, I was going to say, and when do they announce, like, oh, my God, it's spring break. Do the kids, like, run out and then put on their sweaters? Like, in spring break, they go out and they take their tops off. I just imagine it's Porky's. Yeah, immediately <laughs> run out of the classroom, Okay, rip their shirts off, yes. bikinis abound, and then um, fun, fun, fun in the sun <laughs> starts playing. And everybody just starts go-go dancing in the middle of the campus. Got it. That's what I thought. Because I saw that documentary about spring break uh, that James Franco did with Selena Gomez. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good documentary. It's (laughs) about spring break. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I'm excited that you're coming into your winter uh, cozy time. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so basically, oh, let me just tell you what happens uh, when the bell rings and it's winter break. When the bell tolls. Everybody runs outside. (laughs) Yes. They put on sweaters. And they start singing Whoville songs. That oh, holy yeah. They like gather wow. hands. <laughs> and then they open up just a little bit to let the smallest of the students come through. And um, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Little, little, little Cindy Oakland Yoo Hoo. Woohoo. Yes. <laughs> little Cindy Oakland Yoo Hoo. <laughs> well, I like That's a lot to of that. name. That's, That's a, a lot. lot of name for Cindy, but she reps it. <laughs> She's from Oakland. Cindy is holding She is it not down. about to give it up. Not at all. <laughs> Um, I, the kids in my neighborhood, cause I live mm-hmm. in West Harlem and it's, it's a bit of a, it's becoming where all the college kids come cause it's a little bit more affordable and mm. I'm coming home mm-hmm. and I uh, went to, I went to a show on Friday night, uh, Anna Christie at the wild project. Uh, our friend Jeremy Carafin is the production manager or something. So he got me tickets. Shout out to Jeremy. Hey, Hey, thanks for them free tickets. Hook it up. <laughs> yes. To all the corner kids. I love free things. So keep it coming. Um, Both of us do. I want some oh, free we, things too. <laughs> give us free things. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out. It's like a mini commercial, but I got home. I've never seen this before, but what? I've only heard rumors about this, like happening in like LA. Cause this has not happened in our college experience. They, I was aligned to get into my building because the college kids, were throwing a party where they were taking cash at the door. What? So you knew this must have been a crazy party. It was going to be a crazy party. And I just thinking in like, damn, these young kids, I guess they can't get into like bars and shit, but they were like charging at the door. It's like, um, excuse me, just trying to get in here. And it was like, and it's like, I mean, I guess if you're charging, you must have like all the booze there to supply for everyone or like. I think so. I don't, we did not have frat culture at UCSC, <laughs> UC Santa or just, Cruz. Or charging but, at the door. Like, that just didn't happen, like, to get into, like, you know. I wouldn't have gone. I don't even go to clubs like that. I walk there up, was if a there's line. a line, I turn my ass around and walk back to my car. <laughs> You're like, this party is not for me. Uh-uh, but not worth it. I will, <laughs> I will say, though, I, then, so then I could, there, the music, it was interesting, because they were playing kind of, like, more, like, music, even that would date us, that, like, we weren't even listening to in college. So it was, like, oh. uh, it was, like, 90s, like, mid-90s music. And I'm, like, how the fuck do these kids, like, know this these shit? These kids love some fucking 90s, and I don't they understand do. it. When I worked at the high school, I was setting up for a dance, and this one girl mm-hmm. put on some Aaliyah. And I was, like, what do you know about Aaliyah? What? And she was, like... <laughs> 
misfits, the 90s speak to me in ways you wouldn't believe. And I was like, what is going on? The 90s speak to you? <laughs> what? 90- what? You were <laughs> not even a thought. Your mom was running around, like, making out to the song. So I then knew it was a great, because then I, I got home, put my earplugs in, because I'm, you know, a man in my 30s, and I was like, I got to go to bed. Yeah. So and I was like, I'm not going to be the one to shut this party down. Yeah. And I woke up in the morning, and I knew it was a great party. Do you know how I knew? Uh-oh. Here we go. Tell me. I walk outside, and there is old throw up, just, like, all yeah. over the place. And I just thought, yeah, that was a good party. And that poor whoever it was, you know, like, when they were first going in, they were like, ooh, here's my $5. This party's got to be amazing. Amazing. And they were having a good time being yeah. like, ooh, ain't nothing but a gangster party. <laughs> then there was some tears. Ah, I'm so drunk. And then just throwing up at the end and they had to get her get that. I love home. that you like straight up archaeologist that shit. You're like, mm, <laughs> this is like five hour old booze. <laughs> The radius of the sun right now looks like they had they had some giggles beforehand. <laughs> like, it was about four thirty six a.m. Oh, and the tax the lift that came her way went in that direction. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did. I love a good story, so I archived it. So um, good. Aneke, the corner kids have been asking us things, and why don't we jump into Ask Minority Corner? Anything. Anything, anything uh, early in the episode. Giving it to you right now, because y'all be coming up with some good shit. So okay, yeah. we thought, let's like kick it off right now. I'm ready. Um, so these, none of these are recorded. I guess they wanted to hear us read these. So <laughs> the, this one is through email. This is uh, from Holly Luck Sullivan. Okay, and hi, she, hey girl. Hey, hey, hey. She wrote, uh, I'm a progressive 40-year-old cisgendered white woman who's working to be more woke. Okay. I consider myself to be an ally, but am also keenly aware of not wanting to be one of those white chicks who means well, but thinks she knows more than she does. Got it. Who should I be reading and listening to? Oh, reading and listening to. Definitely keep listening to us. Yes. So step step one, you're off to a great start. (laughs) Way to go, Holly. Yes, definitely pick up the Tahanishi codes between the world and me. That's good. I also just taught this book, and and a lot of people should read it because the parallels are amazing. W.E.B. Du Bois, The Souls of Black Folk. That book was Mm. written in 1908, and... It straight up is basically now. So read that book, understand our past, and understand our present. you were saying that you were reading it in uh, Chicago, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you were saying that. It's hella good. Um, I want to throw out just some, because I have actually, and I'll talk about this later, but I've been unplugging from mass sort of media. Like, I've gone underground again. Ooh, um, okay. From, from Facebook, from general, like, new media. I was really inspired from uh, our interview with Shantira Jackson, where she was unplugging from new media. And I have been doing so as well. But yeah. just giving myself a little bit of taste here and there of different things. Documentaries have been very fantastic, I've been finding. Love a um, documentary. I feel it like, you know, history, and you've mentioned this before in the podcast, that, uh, you know, human beings have very short memories, and so our history continues, repeats ourselves. Yep. Like, remember when they had to show Abraham Lincoln a pamphlet that yes. black people had fought <laughs> in the American Revolutionary War to allow them to fight in the Civil War? Like, people Why not don't... try black? That was the name of the pamphlet. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So people have very short-term memory. And so I found um, documentaries very helpful. Some of the documentaries on my list that I've been watching, uh, I highly recommend um, The Black Mixtape. Um, mm, it's on that's Netflix. That's a good one. Hat features a lot of, you know, our our girl, Angela Davis, is heavily prevalent in yeah. that. Oh, um, James, it's a um, yes. Black Panther mixtape. Oh, the Black Panther mixtape. Okay. I can yeah. I don't know if it was the Hamilton mixtape, the Black yeah, Panther mixtape, the Minority Quarter mixtape. We POCs love ourselves a mixtape. It's true. Who does not love a good-ass mixtape? So I, I recommend that. I also, um, this just goes for everybody outside of, um, I just, I got sucked into the Oliver Stones, the oh. Untold, uh, he did a documentary series, it's like 12 episodes, oh. and it's the Untold Story of the US, something like that, it's on Netflix. Oh, cool. Um, it was done back in 2013, it mainly focuses on America after World War II, and focuses mainly on the wars that we've been in since World War II, like we've consistently always been at war with someone. Wow. And it's sort of the other side of things that we don't really hear about in the his in, in history. And and it kind of it's it's very shocking, a lot of the information. I will say in some ways I wish that he talked more so like he kind of just touches on Japanese internment camps, just touches on the civil rights movement, doesn't mm. talk about how Ronald Reagan ignored AIDS, but mm. he can only do so much, I guess, in this documentary. But True. it does show um just how we are just such a war hungry, you know, nation and country. And just like, mm-hmm. it, you know, like it, it shows like why we've been, you know, we're so focused on communism and so free to communism and like how right. all of this is just so um, tied together. So I highly recommend it. Um, it's a, it's a 10 part series. It's, uh, it, it's so, it's very, it's very good and eye opening. And the CIA is fucking fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got their fingers in everything. We've overthrown so many governments. It's insane. It's absolutely bananas. I know. So. It's out of control. Um, we should. You should also read We Are All Feminist. We, you should Ooh. also read Bell Hooks, anything by Bell Hooks. Yes. I love me some Bell Hooks. And I also love that Bell Hooks is like, I'm not going to capitalize my name. I know. It's good. I, you know, I went through college doing the whole... All, all young budding feminists try a little <laughs> lowercase name action from time did to time. Did you really? Did oh. you also? You yeah, but I got too many N's where it just looks like an M. <laughs> Mecca. <laughs> hey, Mecca. <laughs> You're like, this is hard enough for my name to get pronounced correctly. I don't need to make it this lowercase business. Uh, exactly. Um, that's great. Um, and anything else that you would recommend? Well, definitely, I love that you are bringing up documentaries. There are yes. so many documentaries out there for you to... We plugged it before. I'll plug it again. The 13th is a good one to look oh, at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely read anything by Sherman Alexie. He talks a lot about the Native American experience, what it's like to be a Native American in um, modern times. Um what else? There's so much. And I think just also just, just and podcasts too as mm-hmm. well. Like I I've I can't stress un, like unplugging from traditional ways of media like mm-hmm. the 24 hour news site. It's like it's poison. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's also a way to keep people complacent because, you know, time passes and the trauma of these different events sort of passes, but the underlying themes of those things are are still there. Right. And 
I think now it's time to continue turning to things that are, will continue to enrich us individually and within our own communities. And I think we've got to step outside of, you know, the, the, the television and, 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 and the 24 hour news cycle and stuff like 24 hour news cycle is it's entertainment. You can't look at CNN as like, it's entertainment. They purposely oh, yeah. put, they purposely put two pundits on there to argue and just argue. And of course, like who doesn't love a good fight? Like when you're at the grocery store and you see two people fighting, you kind of stand a little line. close. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what it's about, but you're just like, I'm a eavesdrop. Oh, that's a, ooh, you know what? You just brought up a good point because pundits are like a part of the 24 hour news cycle. There's a good documentary called best of enemies that's on Netflix right now. And it's mm. all about um, the start of pundits. So basically oh. they had two um, big scholars. God, I'm forgetting the other one. One is definitely Gore Vidal. I, I know him because he's a, he's an excellent writer and he's, mm. of course, I gravitate towards the more liberal one. And then there's a conservative, uh, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but just definitely watch Best of en- en- Enemies because it, star- it shows the start of our pundit culture. Basically the entertainment. Yeah. Because uh, they're not like, I mean, what, I mean, we could be pundits. Like, I mean, it's like, oh, right. not really, I mean, like, and they're not really like giving you actual like, like, I feel like at least, like, we try to inspire people, like, and in giving you information and then let's have a conversation, dialogue about it, and then some action to go out and do about it. But they just tell you of, like, this person's fucked up. They're right. not doing this. And fuck, and fuck you. Or they're not saying those words. But, you know, like, it's like, what do you really g- gleam from it except, like, oh, things are shitty and terrible and these people hate me and this is awful. And exactly. And angry but then you just feel frozen and stuck which that's what i was feeling for a few weeks of just like stuck uh, right there's no there's no action that's why like i love your advice of taking a break there's nothing wrong with taking a quick look like i took a little facebook break i took a little break Mm -hmm. from all the mass media i deleted facebook because even though i had i deleted facebook the app i deleted the facebook app back in this remember remember i deleted it back in the summer and then somehow i added it and then in chicago i was like let me check the facebook you're like i don't have the app and i was like wait how do i have it and you don't have we like switched you know what happened was i needed to upload i was on a I was on a trip and I needed to upload a picture mm. and it's hard to do it without that goddamn app. It's hard to do it. It's so hard to do it. I still haven't added the app back on my phone and I scramble around even though I will open it up in my browser from time to right. time. <laughs> but it takes more work and effort like because if you have the app, just you'll be waiting in line to just open it up and you're just like, I found myself just like as a zombie just scrolling through and yes. I couldn't take my eyes. I was even like really taking in the information Absolutely. or things. Yeah, I did that yeah. all the time. Just like immediately, I would open up two, twice in a row. I would close it and then open it and be like, why did I do that? Yeah, That's, absolutely. So, it's so bad. Yes. Um, can we, let's do one more Ask Us okay. Anything. Yeah. Um, this is from Jennifer Andrews McCarran. Um, you have some advice. You were going, uh, she says, I am going to our first HOA meeting uh, I think that's the Homeowners Association. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so she's thing. in Denver, and she said that she was encouraged by the podcast to be more proactive. Yes. It's a small thing. I'm expecting to see a, I'm expecting to see a lot of old white folks. Well, One yeah. thing I want is to permanently hang a Black Lives Matter sign on our porch facing the road. I got in trouble once for having those Tibetan prayer flags, but what? I see someone in a more hidden spot with a Hillary sign. What else should I shoot for? What else should I look out for? 
anyone experience. And then I also found out that, uh, Jennifer, congrats, you're also um, running for uh, board membership. Oh, good. So on the HOA. Oh, hell yeah. She's doing yeah, the right so not, shit. Not only going in. Yeah. So what are you thinking, Eke? Well, first of all, you need to move your ass to Oakland because everybody got a Black Lives Matter sign and some Tibetan prayer flags. <laughs> That's just Both. regulation little- here in Oakland. <laughs> gotta have it oh did you hear that i what i love is in dc mike pence's new neighborhood mm-hmm. everyone is hanging up uh gay flags the lgbt flags oh i love it yeah isn't that great i some some family put up like christmas lights and rainbows i love <laughs> that just so isn't that great yeah I, so good well first of all Put up the sign yeah, because it's your house, it's your property. You do whatever the hell you want to do. Mm-hmm. Run for board membership so you can start to influence your neighbors yep. and be a guiding light yep. so people won't feel like they need to censor themselves in their own homes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a really, I'm inspired by um, you running and I love it because it's like, I mean, there's no small position. Again, like it's all about getting seats at the table wherever that is mm-hmm. and getting involved in whatever local communities, yes. school boards, whatever sort of boards or whatnot. So that way you're able to be, you're now going to be in a place to say, no, these signs are okay. Right. Um, yes. Because you're not championing, Black Lives Matter isn't championing hate or anything, you know? No. Um, I watched on another thing I wanted to recommend. I just watched uh, Michael Che's um, stand up on Netflix. It's amazing. Oh, is that good? I've been meaning to watch yes, it. Yes. He's on SNL. He does the weekend update and he right. shot it in Brooklyn. So I'm like, oh my God, it's in my own backyard. And uh, it's called uh, Michael Michael Matters or something, or like Michael Che Matters. Oh, Che, it's Che Matters. Oh, Che, yeah, yeah. And I, it's interesting. It's, it was really empowering to me because it's like he's using comedy to talk and have all these amazing conversations. And, uh, mm. you know, he talks about like LGBT stuff. And, you know, he talked about uh, how... Uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, like, you know, a lot of like minorities, we try to shoot for just like, we just want the smallest little bit of thing. Like all we're really trying to say is like, yeah. our lives matter. And like LGBT people just wanted equal rights. That's all. All we wanted was equal rights. Easy. Which means that someone has to be Simple. like, no, you're not getting equal I- rights. And my favorite thing that he said, and this is the thing for anybody who's like, he says about equating Black Lives Matter, it's like when... If you're a guy and your wife comes up to you and she's like, do you love me, baby? And you go, well, baby, I love everybody. I love all of God's creatures. Exactly. That's not the question. The question is, do you love me? Does exactly. my life matter? So- We're not trying. It's so true. Like, the thing that I've been seeing that a lot of people get frustrated with is, like, we've been adding... It basically is comma T-O-O, Black Lives Matter too. But we shouldn't even have to no. add that because it should be obvious that's that's what is what we're trying to communicate. Right. Yeah. Don't differentiate and say, well, no, like, you know, like they'll say like the blue lives matter. No one's saying that it doesn't, you know, like can you right. also at least say that this, like, first before you move on to another sentence or word, can you just fucking say this? You know? Yeah, why that- are you so why are people so upset about this? Like, yeah. I don't... Ugh. Yeah. So we it's are saying Minority Corner all, says but yeah, we support... Hang your sign. Hang your prayers. Hang your signs. Prayer flags, uh, because I love that aesthetic, because it reminds me of Oakland. 
Exactly. So when Aneka comes to visit, which she's coming because she's waiting for her I'm invitation. I'm coming. You put out the alert. That's like the Batman symbol to me. Exactly. Ooh, you got some Tibetan prayer flags and you got a Black Lives Matter sign? I'm there. It's on her way. It's her bat signal. Like, that is yes. the case on her I'm just going to hop on my Segway and I'll be heading to wherever the hell you're located in the United States. <laughs> She can feel it. So, you know, she's on her way. Yeah. And I, I say just, uh, you know, hang your signs. Do it up. That's what we're saying. So, and also keep property. us posted. It's your property. You bought yeah, it. It is yours. Yeah. And keep us posted on your election. And for anybody who's running or thinking about running or needing help or assistance, uh, again, go to the Minority Corner Kids Playground. And yes. uh, it's it's really literally a playground. That's where a lot of these ideas are coming from. And let us know how we can support you as well as you run for election. Please, we'll be yeah. happy to spread the word. I'm so, uh, can I just commend everybody on the playground that yeah. has been, one, hella people have been asking to join, which I'm yeah. super excited about. Yay. And two, y'all are like so beautiful and awesome talking to each other, having conversation. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's really beautiful to watch. So if you're not in the playground, you need to come on over and play. Learn, laugh, and play, y'all. <laughs> Okay, so we what, should we? That uh, was just a good tag. I loved it. Okay, yeah. Let's get into our corners now. It's your turn. All right, here we come. Budaism coming at you. Stop ya. it! I can't. It just reminds me of Baduism. Remember Erica Badu's first album? Wait, right? Oh, I didn't realize that's what it was called. She was trying to create a thing. You don't remember that? I do not. It was called Baduism. Baduism. Oh my god. Yes. Well that is that's not what's coming up next. We do not have Erica Badu and I'm not just gonna talk on about Erica Badu. On and on and on. He gave me a Mickey. What was that one? Like he slipped me a Mickey. She loves her Mickeys. Her little Mickey no, what? She was like <laughs> there's a song where she talks about like I'ma slip him a Mickey. I do 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 do. I'ma slip him a Mickey. I no. don't remember <laughs> this at all. Are you sure you didn't have just like a fever dream and this came to you? Because this, this sounds is... wild as hell. <laughs> He's like she's like either I'ma slip him slip him a Mickey or he has slipped me a Mickey. Someone got slipped a Mickey. It's in a song. And then she goes. Either way, it's inappropriate. Don't be doing that to people. But she makes it okay by her. Sens- she makes it okay by her sensual like I'ma slip him a Mickey America Badu It's me, Erica James did some research. <laughs> I was right. It is on Baduism. <laughs> well, we so yes, the album exists, Baduism. And it, the song is called Certainly, and in the hook, it is the hook actually. So it gets yeah. repeated several times throughout the song. She's like, You tried to get a little tricky, turn my back, and then you slipped me a Mickey. Which is more than tricky. That is dangerous, reckless. And out of control. When I was eight years old, I didn't even think, I was like, mm, okay, huh? Like, I just didn't, like, the way like that Mickey she Mouse. sings it. <laughs> well, I just thought, or like, I thought it was like a like a Michelob, like uh, the little beer that black people love drinking. How did you know about Michelob when you were eight? I've seen things. <laughs> what about because Mickey's, my, though? That's what I drink in college all the time. Maybe she's... <laughs> you used to drink, you used to drink Mickey's in college? No, because I my dad... Nasty. 
Oh, <laughs> damn, you were. Because my dad once, my dad doesn't drink, and once he had one Mickey and he threw up and got sick, and I just remember that. It was yeah, because it's malt liquor. That shit's and nasty. I, it's not beer. And I went to my... I went to my cousin and I was like, your your dad got my dad drunk and he got sick. And they were just looked at me like I was crazy because my dad had like a few sips of the Mickey and was like, no, no. He, he don't drink. All right. So we're not talking about Boudet, <laughs> Erica Baduism. Yes. But I do want to talk about uh, Buddhism and using it to okay. um, combat racism, sexism, and homophobia. I love it. For those of you who don't know, I am a somewhat... I identify more closely to Buddhist theology than anything else. I grew up Baptist. Um, and I've been a little bit off from my practice. Uh, mm. This past year has been a lot. And I was not on the original bandwagon that 2016 was a terrible year because you did that research of like, hey, there's no Black Plague. There's no volcanoes. Right. So and then things I was got like, worse. <laughs> and then literally after that, I, things got bad. My relationship ended, a friend died, my roommate died, and then the election happened. And I really yeah. fell off my practice. And um, I find that I am much better at living life when I am more closely involved into my practice. And so I love that. Yeah. I've un- I've unplugged. I've been, you know, listening to there's a lot of Buddhist podcasts I've been listening to, Buddhist mm. readings and just uh, law of attraction type stuff I'm heavily into, mindfulness. Yeah. Some of the problems that I come up with it though, a lot of it is especially in the Western civilization Western cultures of mindfulness and Buddhism is it's a lot of uh, white leaders and mm. sometimes it's a little challenging because it's like, yeah, that stuff all sounds great, but you know, we still have um, trauma and things that we all are dealing with, um, right? With being, you know, a minority or an oppressed person. So, yes, I wanted to sort of research, like, are there any practitioners or who are POCs or women or LGBT um, in championing, like, who and do they who understand and sort of get like where I might be coming from or people like us to 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 go into this practice because it's a beautiful practice. I love know. this, James. I love this intersectional ho- um, leaders in Buddhism. Right. Yes. That's exactly, uh, you know, where, yeah, that's exactly where I'm, I'm trying to go with this. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's, you know, if I, I we can't, you know, ignore that, you know, so we know that racism and sexism and homophobia exist, but it's sort of right. like, you know, if I spend all of my energy on focusing on those things, am I only empowering that? Aren't I just feeding, feeding into this instead of healing and feeding myself and also uplifting others? So it's sort of like there's a balance, and it's also your intention that you go about of, yeah. of navigating through these. Because um, if I'm just fighting, 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 then all I'm doing is fighting. Where is the love? When am I living life? When am I, you know, enlightening my own self? Oh. Um, so if you don't know, Buddhism is one of the fastest growing faith traditions in the U.S. Oh, uh, fastest. Yeah, I I find it to be incredibly healing, centering, um, grounding. Little fun fact, uh, you'll see this in the Oliver Stone documentary, but Henry Wallace, who was the uh, FDR's vice president in 1944, yeah. he was a practicing Buddhist, and he was the vice president. And he, back Whoa. in 1944, he was um, championing already equality, uh, women's equal pay, wow. uh, equal rights for minorities, and he was originally Secretary of Agriculture and was an environmentalist. Um, and of course, the people who pull the strings, all these, you know, capitalists, like, you know, uh, 
puppeteers of politicians okay. hated him, got Truman in in the 1944, got Truman in as his vice president, pulled yeah. some House of Cards season four craziness, <laughs> and got yeah. Truman in, got uh, Truman in as FDR's vice president, and then you know the bomb was dro- dropped and all this sort of stuff. Uh, but oh. Henry Wallace could have been like our first Buddhist president, and so also oh, I love that story because it's like. We've had fucked up politics stuff happen in the past, and we are still here today. So we power through. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, sometimes like I feel like, you know, so sometimes Buddhism and Western culture can be sort of shrouded in white privilege. There's a lot of white leaders in, in, in these practices and these thought theologies, and maybe they don't understand also what some of us other folks might be dealing with. And this kind of actually came to a head recently, back in May 2015, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was the rise in, in awareness of all the killing of unarmed black men and the language that was being used yeah. to target immigrants and Latinos. And so yeah. 125 American Buddhist leaders of every color and tradition convene at the White House for the first ever White House Buddhist Leadership Conference. How come and, we don't um, hear about this in the news? I don't know. Because the news is too busy focusing on two people yelling at each other. Ugh. And that's news. So, like, I would have uh, loved to just turn on the TV and hear about this. This but, sounds oh, this, beautiful. These Buddhists got together. And they awarded Buddhists, uh, they awarded uh, Barack Obama with, uh, oh. the they, they awarded him the uh, Buddhist Statement on Racial Justice. Oh. Or, yeah, they awarded him this award. And then, crazy enough, one month later, the yeah. Charleston Massacre happened, and the oh, Buddhists shit. were like, fuck this, we need to get more involved. Well, they didn't say fuck this, that's not, that- <laughs> but they were like, fuck this mess. You're paraphrasing. Yeah, and they formed the Buddhists for Racial Justice. And what they did is they had is a call for white Buddhist leaders um, to 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 be activated and to create truly inclusive spiritual communities for people and to respond on the basis of Buddhist principles uh, to the racial hatred still being propagated on our nation. So it's pretty much like a wake up call for all Buddhist leaders to be more involved. I love this. So and- Buddhists for Racial Justice. Yeah, and mm. actually, I've been noticing a difference. Like, I've been listening to these Buddhist podcasts, and even you know, some of these white you know uh, leaders or whatnot are will sometimes they'll say something, and I'll be like, mm, "But what about racism?" And they're like, they'll mention it. I'm like, oh, "Okay, all right, you're you're getting it." Yeah, okay, um, good. As long as they keep it in the conversation. Yes, and so just the four points that they came away with that they're doing, and then I want to get into uh, there's this uh, black lesbian Buddhist practitioner and teacher. Um, yeah, but. They came away from these four things and they wanting to use uh, Buddhism, um, using the practices to become aware of and heal from the internalized oppression of racism and its impact on our relatedness with ourselves and to one another. So becoming so instead of just being like, oh, let's not focus on, you know, racism, it's like, well, first, let's be aware that this does exist and now how we can move through it. Um, so they also want to now discover, support, and collaborate with one another through resources of, of sharing uh, for racial justice and healing. So being just more active, bridge through a separation that has historically existed within our own diverse communities. Because, you know, yeah. it's been diverse and, and they just haven't really been acknowledging other people's struggles and, and issues. Um, and to bring about justice by recognizing the interdependent systems that fuel the conscious and unconscious racism that ravages communities of color and our planet. So basically yeah. being aware, being woke. Yeah. It was a call to yes. arms for Buddhist folks. Like if you're talking about being enlightened, then being truly woke and, and acknowledging that these things exist. 
I love that being enlightened and being woke. That's like <laughs> two right? sides of a coin that needs to happen. So I came across this uh, this Buddhist, Buddhist practitioner and teacher. I think she now resides in San Francisco. And her oh. name is, I'm going to butcher it. That's yeah, what we do. It's Senju Earthlin Manual. Okay. I. Uh, she has a book called The Way of Tenderness, Awakening mm. Through Race, Sexuality, and Gender. Mm. Um, she is essentially just this podcast through Buddhist form. Yes. <laughs> Black probably, lesbian Buddhist. <laughs> like, probably less abrasive, too. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> probably doing a little bit more good and better than we are. But the first chapter of her book is online, and I just want to highlight just a few of the things that she um, touched upon. Um, yeah. One of the things that I appreciate that she talked about just, you know, um, how she used Buddhism to help heal heal her pain and trauma of growing up in America as being, you know, a, a black woman and bisexual who's primarily been partnered with women. And yeah. so she's been able to use it. And she kind of talks about, and I kind of understand this, that, you know, how she was actually yielding to oppression. Because mm. um, sometimes in some way, if we keep acknowledging the oppression, then we're actually being complicit in it and saying that this mm. is okay. Right. And so it's sort of a difference of being aware that it exists and moving through it mm. and not letting it sort of, I guess, limit you. And you can use Buddhism and or or any practice. I'm not saying like any, I'm not trying to make everybody a Buddhist or whatnot, but whatever sort of spiritual practice, or even if it's just taking time to breathe or taking time to, to write or journal or dance or masturbate or whatever it is that you do uh, to help yeah. center you to be able to move through this. Um, I and, you love know, she it. talks about, she talks about how oppression, you know, it's a distortion to our nature, our true nature. Oppression, oh. it's, these are all made up constructs, you right. know, sexual, like race is, it's a, it's a construct. Like right, race, it's a construct. It, yeah, it's a, race is a construct that, it, it's an illusion that creates then racism. And, mm -hmm. and sexuality and gender, it's all a, a, a spectrum that allows certain folks to feel more empowered. Right. And so it's sort of, it's sort of twofold because it's like, and I like that she talks about, she's like, you know, I can't just like say like, oh, it's a construct. It doesn't exist because that doesn't help for, you know, the folks across the country who are beaten and killed because they're gay or the right. oppression that women, because it does exist. It exists right? and we practice by it, but it is still a construct. Right. So I guess it's sort of like the first step with anything is becoming aware that it exists. But then yes. how much power do you allow that you give to it? If I put my, if all I focus on is oppression, right. then I'm going to continuously be oppressed and I'm going to continuously bring more oppression into my life and instead of saying like okay there's oppression and now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go fucking create art and be badass and be as big and as rich and and as amazing as I, I want to be and I, mm. I'm not and literally you know it's not breaking through the glass ceiling I'm going to make it not exist oh I love I'm that going, you know just make yeah. it use your Jedi tricks of like Okay, it's there, but I'm going to use my mental powers to just like, whoosh, it's gone. Right. Know? It's all about acknowledging that it's there and then yeah. moving on. Like being yes. able to live your life and overcome it while still noting that this shit is there. So we're trying yeah. to break it, fix yeah. it, get it out and of my face. Out of my face. And we talk about how, you know, since birth, we're all just trying to fall in line with these dominant structures. Like, we're born and then there's these dominant structures and we're all trying to just fall in line with these categories and these the system and, and the structure. And we're yeah. essentially just trying to survive in this mechanism. Mm. So... 
you know, and she said something that was really interesting, you know, she talks about, uh, you know, you can't just simply walk past the fires of racism and sexism and so on, um, because actually she says, you know, these are actually your pathway to enlightenment. You acknowledge mm. these things because they're a part of you, this this race and this identity and these things that are always sort of fluctuating and whatnot. But mm-hmm. like you were saying, then you move you, you move through it. Uh, maybe almost like walking, not just walking past the fire, but walking through it. The only oh. way out is, is, is through. And she yeah. says that, you know, attending to the fires of our existence can lead us to experience the waters of peace. Ooh. <laughs> this is really dope, right? Deep. <laughs> Can you repeat um, that again? Yeah, absolutely. So she said, attending to the fires of our existence uh, can lead us to experience the waters of peace. Um, Put that on a pillow. <laughs> yes. So just to wrap this up here, you know, I just want to encourage us to continue nurturing ourselves. Yes. When we talk about self-care, it's not just, you know, watching Gilmore Girls or whatever the fuck people are watching. Mm. I think if anything, this is in, in, there's other ways. I think we're all going through that healing and grieving and, and woke process. And right. It's how we challenge that. And I think as you move forward, I really inspire and challenge all of you to find whatever those more those rituals are for yourself oh, yeah. so you're able to sort of stay grounded and also take care of yourself mm. because there's a lot of voices and, and and things that are trying to get at you but if you are solid into who you are and truly loving all of the aspects of you that you are and not allowing these outside sources to define or cage you so you're able to walk through this fire and be that water that's going to put out those fires yes um so Finding your own spiritual practice, you know, you don't, maybe you don't want to call it spiritual practice or whatever it is, if like, you know, and, 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 and channeling that, like, is, is it going to be through, you know, being running for politics? Is it going to be from writing a book, writing a play, uh, writing a bike or being active, being a leader of your children's sports team yeah. uh, and, and, and what sort of ways, cause I feel like honestly, maybe we do need to disconnect from all of the noise, I you love know, that. all of the noise yes. that's happening because it's, we need to be out there living our lives and connecting and getting back into our communities. Yes. And, and so I find if you find those things that you're disconnecting and that's why I love the playground where we can continue sharing these different avenues and, and resources personal and information connections. And, and outlets, personal connection. Cause I think that's going to be our, our, our saving grace and that there are different ways yeah. and avenues for us to get out there and to continue to affect that positive change that we all desire. Oh my God. I love all the snaps, James. All the snaps. You were straight up preaching and I was following. That was so good. And I I completely agree with you. It's all about finding, centering yourself and understanding your place in this world right now. Absolutely. Finding out what it takes to get to that center space because we are seriously living in some chaos. And right, yeah. Sometimes you just so, need to take a moment to figure out who you are and what you are to this world. Absolutely. And it's because there's so much chaos. If we get caught up in the mental chaos, we're, we're going to go crazy. Right. So all the more reason to be more grounded in our own self and our own heart and our own love to then we can move forward and and that love can be infectious. It'll be like a ripple effect. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying I acknowledge that there's a lot of terrible other things that are happening. I get it, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow it to have power over me because my love is stronger. I love it. Yours. 
So a little acronym that has also helped me, as I learned from this one podcast, it's called RAFT. Mm. And you can use this raft to uh, flow through things that are coming at you. Yeah. Uh, it call, it stands for receive, allow, feel, tease. So you receive mm. that this like negative thing is happening. Like, oh my God, this person is saying this racist thing. Right. Um, I'm going to allow it to be here as in I'm going to feel the feelings that it's bringing up for me. Right. Oh, I'm feeling angry. Okay. Yeah. And then you sort of tease it out and then you can move forward. Cause if you're just sort of reacting, then it's just going to be a negative plus another, a negative. And there mm. is a way to positively affect change. And sometimes maybe it does come out in anger. We're human. I'm not saying like, you know, I'm going to not be angry or whatnot. Right. But it's feelings. I don't know. But it's, and it's, even it's just about to, acknowledging you, it. I under, I love it. It's not, it's, you can't st- Stamp it out. It's still going to yes. be there. So by... Right, like, yes. Yeah. Like, like even just so allowing the race... Like, oh, racism does exist. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel it, and I'm going to tease it out, and then I can move forward. I'm not just going to ignore it, but, you know, yeah. Oh, that's good. Raft. Well, there it is. Raft it up. So I have a couple questions for you. Oh, because okay. I know that the, the corner kids are going to want to know. Yeah. First of all, what's the name of a, a Buddhist podcast that people can listen to? Yeah. So there's a, a few different ones. There is two that I'm currently listening to. There's three. So there's Mindfulness Mode. Um, you can find oh. that on iTunes. And uh, I forget the name of the guy that is leading it. But Mindfulness Mode, he gets different people from all different kinds of creative walks of life. And this is really great. Oh. For, I think we're all creative folks and uh, you can get really inspired by even listening like there's a designer I'm not a designer but I got inspired of like listening to how he they use mindfulness um, oh, or from it. people who are artists um, actors people who are diet nutritionists and they're just half hour episodes there's cool. also um, the daily boost which is uh, sort of a daily motivation and, and coaching you through life and audio mm. dharma is one that I've been listening to for a long time and it's uh, based out over in the west coast I think their center is in either San Francisco somewhere in near Silicon Valley and oh, okay. they do pretty amazing talks and really great teachings um, and they even have guided meditations as well highly recommend that uh, oh, nice. one last one I'm going to butcher her name she's kind of like the gold standard on she her name is Tara Brock okay she is a Buddhist slash therapist and she kind of is like she's great because she takes Buddhist ideas and applies them to the western sort of like how we use it in western society and how we can because she also is taking the psychology of things into consideration as well she's great because mm. she'll have guided meditations as well and she has them like mm. from nine minute to 20 minute sessions to 30 minute wow. sessions so you can find the right one for yourself before you get out there oh, and start wow. your day um yeah and she also has just other just other teachings as well and then also just again this woman's name who i've butchered she's got a book and a website and some great stuff if you google her zen i'll post it because i'm not going to spell this it's not gonna zenju Ertholin manuel i think i've said it differently each time her initials are Z-E-M, Zem. Oh, Zem. Uh, she's got uh, some great stuff, too. So I'll post the link and post it in the Minority Corner Kids Playground. Cool. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. Super. So good. Thank you so much, James. This was like, I feel so, mm, Yeah. Mm. I feel ready. Ready for the world. Ready for me to slip you a Mickey. No, that's the t- that- that's the worst. Oh, no. Okay, is that in the wrong direction? <laughs> ah! <laughs>
give it away, give it away now. Your money. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. To Charity. all these charities, you gonna do it right. Yes. Okay, so I was like, a little, was like a little aggressive after like our like peaceful section. Yeah, now we're like, give your money away. Yeah. It's gotta come at it from both angles. All it's angles. so true. And also, you know what I've been noticing? Like a lot of people have been talking about donate to this, donate to that, and I think it's excellent. Right now we're in a renaissance of sharing and caring and contributing. And I just feel like a lot of times um, especially intersectional charities and organizations don't get as much, you know, notice and, and talk as like Planned Parenthood or oh, Red yeah. Cross or, you know, the big yeah. heavy hitters, which are getting a right. majority of stuff. So I really want to pump up some of these grassroots organizations that are really doing things to um, help help populations that aren't normally up front. Yeah, I yeah, that sounds great. And I also love that you said I like the way I think if we also change the paradigm of how we're thinking about this new era that we're entering in as a renaissance because yes. really this it's an op, these are all it's an opportunity for us to to be more closer to our communities, to love ourselves even more and to be more mindful. So, yes. I think that's a great way. We're in a I love it. We're in a new renaissance. And so it's, it's like not even acknowledging and empowering that evil you yeah, know? it happened. We're it's there. It's here. But now it's time to tease it out and to yeah. What was the F stand it, for? Uh, feel it. Feel it. Feel out. it. And allow. Yeah, yeah. Receive we are here to to. We are all now on the same page. So let's continue to be on that page and let's not normalize the evil and let's fight against it. Yeah, and it's a renaissance that you and I can participate in. Mm. Not like the Renaissance Fair. Mm. We need to still go to that, though. We got our mics from <laughs> the Chicago still, Podcast Festival. Yeah. We are about to go to that. Thank you, Chicago Podcast Festival. Yeah, we want, want to go to the Renaissance <laughs> Fair. So let us know when the Renaissance Fair is happening in your town. Maybe we'll be and, there. Uh, we'll be there. <laughs> okay, back to these Okay, charities. you ready? Yeah. Okay, so there's 13 of them, and I'm going to try and go through them as fast as possible, but um, I will add this link so you guys will be able to access them. They have um, hyperlinks where you can immediately go and donate to each of these that you find speaks to you. So Mm. number one is called TGI Justice, and um, the executive director um, of TGI Justice is Miss Major, a transgender elder who was in the Stonewall Uprising. The organization works with low-income transgender women of color and our families who are in prison, formerly incarcerated, or targeted by police. That's fantastic. Right? You know what? I bet she was cut from that goddamn movie about the Stonewall when they had Twinkie and McTwinkerson up in it. That movie was a shamble. It was was just a shambly of shambles. (laughs) (laughs) Shamble of shambles. Okay, number two. L slash La Para Trans Latina. So L slash La is a Bay Area based organization that provides community, education, and support for transgender Latinas. Wow. When I said yeah. intersectional, y'all, I meant intersectional. You were not kidding. <laughs> I don't think you, like, if you thought she was kidding, was she was not. She serious. fucking meant fucking intersectionality. <laughs> And all I love this, it, and I found this on Bustle, 
which is normally kind of mm. like, you know, light, fluffy. I'm so glad that they posted this. This is wonderful. So um, See folks getting involved yes. on all fronts. And I love that they have direct links for where you can donate. So another – and I'm also – not only reading this for people to donate, but if one of these organizations speak to you, contact them, get involved, see what you can do to help. There's more than just your money. Ah, I love that. Yeah. Donating your time is a great, like, honestly, I think if people unplug from all the like bullshit media and stuff, you'll, you'll find that you have more time to get involved with these things and also honor your own create, stuff that maybe has been on the back burner. Exactly. Or on the flip side, if you feel like one of these organizations could help you or someone that you love, point them in that direction too. You know, these, uh, good call. these places are providing support for people that um, need it. So yeah. number three, critical resistance. So the United States imprisons more people than any other country. Fight back against the prison industrial complex by donating to Critical Resistance, which seeks to build an international movement to end the prison industrial complex by challenging the belief that caging and controlling people makes us safe. They believe that basic necessities such as food, shelter, and freedom are what makes our communities secure. Love it. That's dope. Love it. That's great. They are literally fighting against what the 13th documentary is talking about. Talks about. Yeah. Okay, Project Nia. Chicago-based Project Nia. Ooh, shout out to Chicago Podcast Sh- Festival. Hey. Is working. And Christmas Kringle Town. Yes. <laughs> Maybe instead of buying spice nuts, you can send some money to this place. Okay, That's so. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'm eyeing you, Bratwurst. Making me sick. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> She's back on track, though. So Chicago Paste Project Nia is working on one particular horrifying aspect of the prison industrial complex, youth incarceration. Their mm. mission is to dramatically reduce the re- reliance on arrest, detention, and incarceration for addressing youth crime and to instead promote the use of restorative and transformative practices, a concept that relies on community-based alternatives. So basically, um, this is helping rehabilitate youth instead of just throwing them into the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. So good. Um, okay, Vermont access to re- to reproductive freedom. Okay, Ooh. so Vermont access to reproductive freedom is an abortion fund. That means they provide money to any person seeking an abortion. No questions about income or circumstance involved. Their primary activities are to raise and distribute funds to offset the cost of abortions for Vermont women in need. So, hey, reproductive rights are coming to the table in these next four years. There's a lot of people in power who do not want women to have full control of their bodies. So if you live in Vermont and you want to help support women with, with the ability to take control of their uteruses... Mm-hmm. Give some money to yeah. the Vermont Access to Reproductive Freedom. Absolutely, I love it because it's even a smaller organization that you're not necessarily hearing about. Like, because you know, like you said, you hear about Planned Parenthood and stuff, right? Um, you know, Mike Michael Che is hella pro choice. Mm, good for him. All right. Well, <laughs> that's because he doesn't want a baby. But oh you know. well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but men need to get on board with this. <laughs> yes, it's true. Okay, Echoing Ida is a program to forward 
to Forward Together that amplifies the thought leadership of Black women and non-binary folk. They publish articles both in print and online, run workshops, and push media to include voices that are too often not only left unheard but excluded completely. So echoing Ida, they're basically bringing voices to the table of Black women and non-binary people. Oh, nice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. get those voices out there. Definitely. Ooh, this one sounds fun. Sister Song, Women of Color, Reproductive Justice. Ooh. Yeah. So Southern-based Sister Song is focused on strengthening and amplifying the collective voices of indigenous women and women of color to achieve reproductive justice by eradicating reproductive oppression and securing human rights. Not much to argue with there. They wrote that in there. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's a funny little thing you added on. Oh, no. (laughs) It's true. What you going to argue about with that? Don't. There's nothing to. Get out of my face if you're about to argue. And this is the thing that I love about this um, article is all of these organizations are scattered across the United States. So um, they're not all just based in one little segment of the country. This is all over. That's awesome. Okay, so Sylvia Rivera Law Project. One group that was already in mortal danger before the election and who is extremely vulnerable now are trans folk, especially trans folk of color. The Sylvia Rivera Law Project works to guarantee that all people are free to self-determine gender identity and expression, regardless of income or race, and without facing harassment, discrimination, or violence. So they provide legal help, training, and run advocacy campaigns, which is the meat and potatoes of it. Like, you can go and protest and all that but what it boils down to is legal protection a lot of the times which is where you can really throw the book on people and make sure that you're fully protected so i love that the sylvia rivera law project is all about the legal help of trans folk yeah and i love i mean sylvia rivera i remember that name from uh stonewall sylvia rivera had been heavily involved mm. i believe in uh either at stonewall and just post like is re- the reason why a lot of us lgbt folk have as many rights as we do is because of the championing and like out there fighting that sylvia rivera did so yes okay so there is the la frontera fund The Rio Grande Valley-based La Frontera Fund is an abortion fund for people in the Rio Grande Valley. They provide travel money as well as money for accommodations so that anyone seeking an abortion can get to a part of Texas where it is available. And access to abortions in Texas is becoming more and more restricted every day. So if you live in Texas or if you have family or loved ones in Texas, they are one of the vulnerable states right now. Mm-hmm. So La Frontera Fund is out there to help reproduction rights in a state, Texas, looking at you, that is slowly closing down the hammer on that. Yeah, I want to, because uh, I don't want to just assume anything, and I just would, uh, I can you help listeners out there um, in just a few points of, like, why is it important to have uh, reproductive rights? Like, what? Yeah, well, first of all, No one should have any say over anybody else's body. Mm -hmm. If you want to, and the the biggest thing that I want to point out is if you are pro-choice, it doesn't mean that you are pro-abortion. It means that you believe that women should have the right 
to say and do with their body without being punished. Mm -hmm. Not to mention there's a lot of health concerns. If abortion was not available, and it was at one point in this country, it was illegal, women are still would still go and get back alley, dirty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very harmful, terrible abortions. So right. if it is legal, then you don't have to worry about women potentially losing their lives, losing their sexual organs, getting yeah. botched. It's yeah. safe, and it's... And it's and, there's no risk. Well, I mean, there is risk, right. obviously, but the risk is way, way lower, lower instead of just being in somebody's back backyard yeah. with, you know, something terrible happening. Yeah. And in the um, cases of like when, you know, if it, the in the cases of like, you know, a woman is raped, you know, um, yes. or, when it, or when it just becomes a, a, a health concern to the woman's life. For, like, so women don't die in childbirth anymore. Like sometimes like the pregnancy is actually a, a detriment to that woman's life. Like it puts her at risk. Right. Exactly. And also not to mention a lot of people that are, are pro-life don't follow up with being pro the baby after being born, you know? Like, where are the funds for education? Where are the funds for childhood? Mm. Where are the funds for lower-income children that aren't able to get a meal every single day? Like, you care so much about the unborn child. Let's care about the children that are being born, too, as well. That is a really good point and not something that I see to kind of like, because if you are saying, you know, pro-life, then you also need to be saying, like you're saying, pro-education, pro-funding, you know, poor Pro-children. Pro-children. And that's something that I really get frustrated with is because I feel like there has been lip service um, to children and, and the youth. I feel like... It gets used as a pawn. I see it primarily, I feel like, on the conservative side of like, oh, our children are children. And then, but you're not doing anything to really support any of these children of, you know, right. you elected a person that doesn't really, isn't a good leader and, and someone who is a bully. And, and children yeah. are taking their lives because of social harassment. It's the number one cause to children taking their lives. And you elected mm. uh, the king of, of, of trolling. So It's so true. So, should we knock out these last three? Let's do it. Who are okay. they? How so, do I give them um, money? There is the Central American Legal Assistance. So, um, basically, the Central American Legal Assistance provides free or low-cost legal services to New York New York's immigration community. So, remember how we had the legal... We have several legal um, organizations on this list for reproduction, for um, trans folk, and now we have for immigrants, which is another important aspect that we need to provide money and support for, Um, especially with a a president-elect who's talking about building a wall and calling whole groups of people rapists and horrible things. So we need to protect these communities because they are targets for the next administration. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's the Central American Legal Assistance. The next one is Trans Lifeline. So the Trans Lifeline is a hotline staffed by transgendered people for transgendered people. It's pretty obvious why this is incredible and important right now. So donate. If you want, I'm sure that if you want to be um, a part of the hotline, if you want to staff it, if you contact them, they'll probably be let you be a part of that as well. So right. like I'm saying, it's not only about donating it's also about being a part of the organization so 
if you feel like you want to supply support that way, check it out. And if you feel like somebody needs to talk to somebody, let them know about the trans lifeline as well. Yeah. Then there's the Victim Rights Law Center. So the Victim Rights Law Center is the first law center in the nation dedicated solely to serving the legal needs of sexual assault victims. Wow. They provide free legal services in Massachusetts, Washington, and the Clackamas County. You get it, Clackamas. Oregon. Oh, all over the place. So they got Massachusetts, they got Washington, and they got Oregon, as well as training legal professionals across the country. Consider the fact that we just elected someone who's been accused of sexual assault. True. Thanks, Bustle. Um, This is something that we need to provide for, and it's called the Victim Rights Law Center. And the last one, Southerners on New Ground is a regional queer liberation organization made up of people of color, immigrants, undocumented people, people with disabilities, working class in rural and small town, LGBTQ people in the South. That's everybody. That is everyone. That's everybody. Everyone's included. To build and maintain a, a, a Southern LGBTQ infrastructure for organizers strong enough to combat the Southern specific strategy of the right to divide and conquer Southern oppression communities using the tools of rural isolation, right wing Christian infrastructure, racism, environmental degradation, and economic impress, um, oppression. So these badasses southerners <laughs> on new ground are basically yes. combating all of that bubbly gurgly hate that's been building up over time that led us to the point where we're at right now mm. so if you're in the south if you know people in the south if you have loved ones in the south if you just care about the south because it's yeah. our whole country and if there's a piece of our country that is not well we are all not well donate help contribute be a part of southerners on the ground because they are straight up grassroots they are straight up intersectional and they are fighting yeah so i think this is all of this is like to me it just reminds me of you know being about it you know it's one thing to just talk about that you want to be involved and, and help and you know, okay, you're posting articles on Facebook or clicking and liking and X, Y, and Z, but now it's time to like, it's time to action up. And I think that there, yes. you've provided that there are several different ways. And these, it's just like a tip of the iceberg. There's so many different organizations to get out there and get involved. And it was making me think too, because I'm a big champion of, I think that we also need people, um, with seats at the political table as well. And if you go to these organizations, right. It might free someone else at that organization to then go run for another local office, you know. Yes. Or if you see people, you go to this, you know, one of these organizations and you see someone, maybe they just need you to plant that seed of like, hey, have you ever thought Ooh, about running point. for X, Y, and Z? Because now they have this experience. And by you, it's sort of you're going to take the baton from them. All right, I'm going to hang out here at this organization and help and volunteer. And that frees you up to go and work there. So I think it's like literally yes. buckling down and us all getting involved in the different ways that we we possibly can. I love it. Great cap on that. That is like the perfect little little thing that I didn't even think about where it's like it's a domino effect. It is. Yeah. It's it just good. comes down to everyone just needs to get more involved and, you know. Mhm. It's so yeah. true. And wow. it's not hard. 
It's really not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you shut off the Gilmore Girls, you will have like millions of more hours to do these things. I've never seen one episode of Gilmore Girls. Me neither. And I got voted like one of the whitest shows. Like there's apparently no white, pe- there's no like POCs. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And hey, if you like that show, that's great. But like, you know, wrap there is it up an and- Asian American character on the show, I think. So. Good for her. Always good when you can count and single out the white I know. <laughs> Always good. Touche. <laughs> Thanks, Adeke. This has been great. You're welcome. From the dawn of time, one podcast has unlocked the secrets of science and technology to enrich the lives of billions. And now, after a year where they've unlocked the golden age of knowledge, they're about to hit warp speed and go stratospheric. Wait, hold up. On Ono, Ross, and Carrie, we don't make extraordinary claims. We investigate them. We go undercover with fringe religious groups, investigate paranormal claims, and we participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and then report our findings to you. And yes, we've even investigated Scientology. Shh, Ross, shh. New episodes every month at MaximumFun.org. Oh no, Ross and Carrie. They show up so you don't have to. We did it, this cute, cute, sexy episode. We, I think we held up to our bargain. I think that this episode was, it was cute. Yes. It was sexy. Yes. It was enlightening. It was. It was, it was all of those things. So, mm-hmm. oof. Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah came early this year. It did, and it got the job done. Perfect for y'alls. Yeah. Yay. And it just, you know, it reminds me of, uh, I just am really excited. I feel very enlightened and inspired to continue to to get out there and, and get involved. Me and, too. Um, can I also just plug one last thing that I don't think, if you haven't seen, everybody. Yeah, plug did it. Did you see uh, Trevor Noah? Did you see his interview with... Uh, that that gremlin hate mongering, <laughs> the angriest white, troll. the angriest, the angriest white woman in the world. Yes, yes. she has no I, reason to be so angry. Calm down. <laughs> and he even asked her about it. My recommendation is it's uh, you can see the extended clip of Trevor Noah from the Daily Show interviewed uh, Tommy Larhan. Angry woman. Yeah. Uh, she's on this made up network called The Blaze, but she has like seventeen million <laughs> viewers, and that's how like she's. A part of mass media, even though she's like, oh, no, I'm not like she is. She and is. Um, Trevor Noah is a great example for those of you who feel like, you know, how do I combat racism or, mm. what I, or someone doing someone talking about racism or, or homophobia? Because they have these sort of recycled bullet points that they can't, you know, they and they sound very strong because the other side, they, they really have these bullet points and they, they really believe in them. But he really got her to try to go outside of those bullet points because all she could do was circle back to these. And I will tell you this. Yeah. Trevor Noah was, was calm the entire oh. time. And oh, wow. I'm a very reactionary type person. So I yeah. think like he must have gone into the future and listened to this podcast. Oh, okay. Episode. Yeah. He was very, he was centered. <laughs> he used raft. <laughs> He rafted his way through that. And I, uh, it just is really, it's really, cause I, it is, you know, to an extent, you know, yes, let's have these conversations, but not at the detriment of like, after a while, if it's just going to be toxic to you. Right. Um, but I do love it. Cause it's like, you do still, you know, it's finding that balance of engaging because otherwise like people like this woman, she is just spiraling into these, 
ideas and they're not being challenged. And it's also important for us to also be able to, for me, it was enlightening to be able to hear someone from the other side in a safe space like The Daily Show, right? Because it felt like it was, you know, it wasn't going to, the fans were there. And I, and I also applaud her for going on uh, to, to, to sure. engaging in the dialogue. Whatever. I think... She's still a troll banshee yeah. to me, but I'm glad that she engaged in dialogue. <laughs> That's a great way to describe her. She is a troll banshee. Yeah. I recommend the video because uh, it's, it's 30 minutes, but it's, again, like you know, taking in things that are going to help educate, inform, enlighten, and empower you. And I think this is a great little video because it's mm. going to show you how to, ways to engage. Trevor Noah is very impressive. He's a great interviewer. I, I absolutely, hat goes off to him. Even better than John Stewart, because John Stewart sometimes doesn't, he'll back down from some of the punches. And, and Trevor Noah was throwing a punch and you didn't even know he was throwing it. It was just beautiful. Wow, I didn't even, I've never given him that much credit. So you're inspiring me to, to check this out because I see her and I am immediately thrown into a tailspin of yep. vomit and yeah. disgust. <laughs> you're that so, girl at the spring break party throwing yeah, up immediately oh, and crying. She That's... makes me immediately flash forward to 5 a.m. on a spring break <laughs> The last day, just, 5 a.m. on the last day of spring break. You just look at her and it's immediately just... <laughs> yes, crying, awful. everything. And you know what? I think you really are getting to a zen space to like commend her for coming out to be, to have a discussion. Right. And you know what? I, I'm inspired by you. I really am. Awesome. Yeah. Because we still got to listen and it's like you can receive, allow, feel, and tease it out. Tease it away. You don't have to let it sit with you, you know? I, so I hear it, I see it, and I don't need to, I don't have to let it control me. But it yes. is so important to, it's just finding that balance. It's so much about balance. You let a little bit in, you filter the stuff out that you don't need, but it mm. just keeps you well-informed. So that way, it, you know, you're able to have those points to talk to those people who are making you become that spring breaker at 5 a.m. Yeah. automatically. <laughs> so then hopefully it becomes a little less. It becomes a yes. little less. You're like, you're you're knowing you're being triggered and you're like, okay, I know what this is. This is the Tommy yeah. Lahan effect. Yeah, the- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, Yay. we did a great episode. Remember, yes. if you want to be a part of the Minority Corner Playground, find us on Facebook. We yes. are also on Facebook. Minority Corner on Facebook. Join, like us, get more information from that. And then iTunes, remember to rate us, like us, leave a comment. Write some write some reviews. Give us a, the greatest Chris McQuanzica Hanukkah gift of all is just your review. Um, yeah. That would be great. And also, we're kind of brainstorming, but we're, we're throwing this out into the universe now. But yeah. Minority Corner might be going on tour this summer. What? Oh, look at, yeah, look at... <laughs> So if you have a venue or a location that you want us to come do a live episode, because I had a great time doing the live episode. I'd love to do more. Yeah, it was good. Did you guys, yeah, we released that live episode. Yeah, if you would like us to, we'll come do it in your living room. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Too intimate. I don't know. It's a little, I don't want to be just performing me and you for like one person. (laughs) Fair enough. There has to be at least like 10, 10 people. So, right? 10? Yeah. That's the Give us off. a gaggle of people, and then I'll we, come perform. A gaggle. Yeah, so we're, we're gearing up. Uh, but if you do have a venue space or a, a community space or something, and you would like Minority Corner to come into a live episode, we are booking our summer tour schedule now. So uh, connect with us. We gotta, yes, gotta Minority Corner now. at gmail.com. 
And that is a minority corner with a K. If you don't yes. know, just look at your listening device and it'll tell you how to spell it. Yeah, we always spell it with a K because that damn always. C was taken. So Who are you? Minority corner with a C. Appropriate corner. Right. <laughs> Spelling shit all appropriately. Way to do it. And also a big thanks to uh, Erica Badu. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and Baduism and being just who she... You know what? I love Erica Badu. She, she can do whatever she wants. A wonderful, she, yeah. She, she earned it, you know, and she's she wants... She doesn't want to get slipped with the Mickey and she was going to sing about it in a very sexually... She was very zen. See? Baduism. <laughs> because she wasn't like, don't you fucking slip me this Mickey. Fucking she, punch honestly, you in the face. She should have been. <laughs> she she should have been. <laughs> Instead, she was like, oh, I see you. You're being a little tricky. Oh, you tried to slip me the Mickey. And then she it's sort of... It's not tricky. She sort of, she it's sort a crime. Of, <laughs> she sort of hummed herself away. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's the thing is Gally. that maybe we've not... Yeah. Maybe we've naturalized these acts too much, so we need to call attention to these things. Yes. Call it out. Because this is not It is not tricky normal. to slip a Mickey. It is dangerous. Not okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. Super. Well... On that note, <laughs> that's the last note of the episode. It's like, not tricky. Bye. It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and okay, I'll see you next week. And yes. uh, good luck with your uh, your Zen week. Have a, a wonderful Zen empowering week. Oh, thank you. And same to you as well, James. I'm going to take a page from your book because whatever you are slipping on right now <laughs> is some good shit. It's Erica Badu's Mickey's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am drugged out. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody. Comedy, friendship, and creativity. All of this and more wait for you at Max FunCon. Join us for Max FunCon in Lake Arrowhead next June or Max FunCon East in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both events are on sale now, but they're going fast. Visit MaxFunCon.com to buy your tickets right now. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.